Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Sitting here with Doug Rakulski and Tom Dorian, cohorts in crime. Hello. The crime of love. Good morning. Cohorts. That's right. Good to have you guys here. Good uh, to be here. Thank you. know, you. the Catholic Cafe is always such a joyous and, uh, I don't know, it's a special place to be, right? And, you and look even, joy-filled right now. Well, you sound because it it's like the, there's a reason for this season, right? There's it always... Is, right. I love looking forward to the Christmas season. This is your time of year, isn't it? It is. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It is. I've heard that, right? Uh, Favorite word. Yeah, exactly right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be um, uh, always in this, uh, in this time of year, just because of what, of what. I don't know. I've always loved it as a kid. Going on, and how can you not? Well, there's a lot of people that don't. There's a lot of Scrooges out there and bah humbugs and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, you know? but denial. Exactly. Yeah? You got to just let it happen. Well, you know, it's interesting because it is the, the season of Advent. I thought we would talk about Advent a little bit. And maybe because from the perspective of a person who loves Christmas, mm-hmm. you know, you would think that I would kind of fall into the, the sort of world's view and understanding of Christmas, which is as sort of overtaken the entire um, maybe it's the, the marketing. I don't know what it is. Consumerism. The consumerism. You know, and it's sort of overtaken a lot of things. And as we all know, we we all tell the same, you know, sad reality of a joke that as soon as, um, uh, you know, Halloween is over, all of a sudden all the Christmas decorations come out. It's terrible. Well, yeah, it's terrible in a way, but at the same time, I love Christmas. Yeah, right, no. and so there's a natural, but but at the same time, I love hot fudge Sundays or hot the hot fudge cake from Shoney's. I'm putting a word out there. It's the best dessert ever. It's like two ninety nine, and it's a good dessert. Now I love it, but if I did nothing but eat those, yeah, it'd be ugly. We, More ways to, than one. We get into bigger chair for here for the luxurious corner booth. Would have to be. It, it would have to be expanded. We have to know we got to find a way to get that into the cafe. That's exactly that's, that's exactly that's what we need to do. Yeah, we need hot fudge cakes. Yeah. Put it on the menu. Well, no, we don't want it closer to us. I like the fact that I have to drive and go and get it because yeah. you're know, looking forward to it. That's exactly. But but I guess what? No, my point, my comparison to all this this Christmas stuff is that we can't have Christmas every day. You know, what if every day was like Christmas? You know, or whatever. Why can't every day be like Christmas? Elvis song, or whatever. You know, we those are nice things to dream about, but mm-hmm. we don't we we don't want to skip Advent, right? And Advent is a very very important season, and I think even many Catholics have come to um, to miss the whole point and and reason for Advent, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, so I think we just need to talk about that just a little bit because even a guy like me who loves Christmas also understands there's there's a great beauty and in a, in a Beautiful, wonderful purpose in Advent. Oh yeah, and why the why the church would um, invest herself in this liturgical season and say this is actually the beginning of the church. This is how we start the church liturgical year. That's all right. That's exactly right. You know, we, we we look at that. And we realize what was that? I don't know. I want to. I want to stop that was and a play that moment. That that wasn't Latin. Something sure. there was a something didn't fire in the brain, Tom. That'd it's okay. Great for the have, an, have another donut. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and let's talk about. I'm thinking about Shoney's hot fudge cake. Exactly. Me yeah. too. So, so let's go back to Advent and, and just the idea of Advent and what we're doing in Advent. You know, it's interesting that when we have this season and, you know, most kids are thinking about Christmas and most even adults are thinking about buying gifts and we're preparing, we're preparing the house, we're, we're uh, doing all the decorations and we're thinking about who's going to be coming over or where we're going to visit. You know, I know we, we all have those family discussions about who's going to be at whose house and where's the mm-hmm. dinner going to be at and are we going to go and visit grandma or whatever this year and things like that where we, we talk about in, in preparation for, for Christmas. But it's interesting that while we're doing that, we show up at Mass mm-hmm. and the readings are all about judgment, mm-hmm. right? The eternal damnation, <laughs> death, hell, you know, and I'm thinking, Iron wait a second, stone. what's going on? Right? And there's, it's kind of a, 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 a wonderful irony there that yeah. we'd be thinking about all these, you know, jingle bells and uh, all these wonderful uh, smells of pine and all these great things. And yet the church is talking about the end of the world. At the beginning of the new year. At the beginning of the new year. We're immediately focused on the, the ending. ending. Right. That and preparation. That's the word. I know. And so, exactly. So I guess we're going we're gonna to kind of break that open. Here Let's we go. Talk, yeah, great. we're going to talk about break that. Open. And, and I think the way we do that is we, we start with the Boy Scouts. Of Uh-oh. course. Right? That's now, I know, the, I know the Boy Scouts have had some – this show is not about the Boy Scouts and, and their organization. And it's a time-honored organization. And I know there's been some problems lately about – uh, having to deal with with certain issues in the in the scouting organization, but but I got to tell you, there's one thing about the Boy Scouts I love, and that is that is their motto: "Be prepared." Everybody knows that motto: mm-hmm. "Be prepared." You ask any group of guys, and you know they just know it's "Be prepared," and you know it's a good thing. It is. Perfect thing. And, and uh, Robert Baden Powell, who started the Boy Scouts over 100 years ago, someone asked him, "Well, be prepared for what?" And he said, "Why any old thing?" That was his. That was his his answer. His but pithy he, comment. Yeah, but he answered it more specifically, and he had a book called Scouting for Boys that he wrote uh, back then, mm-hmm. you know, over a hundred years ago. And so in this book, it's it lays out what being prepared is all about. Very practical. Share it with us. The scout motto is "Be prepared," which means you are always in a state of readiness in mind and body to do your duty. Right, and then he goes on to say, "Be prepared in mind." By having disciplined yourself to be obedient to every order, and also by having thought out beforehand any accident or situation that might occur, so that you know the right thing to do at the right moment and are willing to do it. Be prepared in body by making yourself strong and active and able to do the right thing at the right moment and do it. Now, that's, that's really practical advice. It is. Uh, and you can, you can have all kinds of uh, problems or issues with what the Boy Scouts uh, are doing, uh, you know, in modern times in terms of that. But, you know, this time-honored principle is something that is is going to survive specifically because it's so commonsensical, it's so practical, and it's so right to do. It applies right. to everyone. Right. You know, yes. you think about it, just look at um, pretty much any any job, any um, anything that anyone does, and we get financial folks, what are they going to tell you about you know, making sure that you're planning, feathering the nest egg or whatever, feathering the nest, you know, and you're making sure that you're, you're being prepared. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and Tom, I know that you're involved in insurance and helping people to what? Be prepared. Be prepared. All right? sorts of calamities out there. We never know what's coming around the corner. That's exactly right. You know, and so Robert Baden Powell, what he's talking about is this concept of making sure 
that no matter you, you should visualize what could possibly happen and prepare for that. Mm-hmm. He says any accident or any situation, you know, not just the fact that a hurricane may show up, you know, but what am I going to be doing this afternoon? Mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to go somewhere. Maybe I should stop and think that I have gas in the car, mm-hmm. right? Or four fully inflated tires. Right. I'm suffering that right now. I've got one tire that's. Not given quite fits. exactly that right. actually have tread on them. That's exactly right. right. Well, you know that's also nice. So being prepared means to to look forward, right at your goal, your destination, what you're looking to do in life, mm-hmm. and preparing yourself for that. Sure, mentally well, and physically. Well, very uh, practical practical advice, and and really that's what Advent's allow, it's allowing us to do that. That's that's what the season, as Doug, you point out, that this is the first. The beginning of the year. It's how we start the year, right? In in preparing for the end of the year, maybe in a bigger way, the end of our life. So, the church, you know, we're we are focusing in Advent and preparations for Christmas. We are we're, we're we're preparing to celebrate or to remember the incarnation, mm-hmm. to remember Jesus taking on flesh, God taking on flesh and dwelling among us, mm-hmm. as John tells us, right? So we're preparing for that, and we celebrate that just like we celebrate our birthdays every year. We want to remind ourselves of who we are and how old we are, and maybe use it as an opportunity to sort of take stock and kind of figure out, you know, how we've been doing, how are things going in our lives. So we remember our birthdays, we remember our anniversaries, remember special times and moments, maybe when somebody's passed or when somebody was born, or you know, we have these anniversaries of all these different important dates and times in our life, and we remember them every year. Well, the church does the same thing in her liturgical season. Right, and so starting in Advent is an opportunity to remember, to prepare ourselves to remember Christmas, and that and that how Jesus just changed everything when He entered the human scene, mm-hmm. and where He fits in in the big picture, where we're all going to end up. That's exactly sure. right, and no, you're exactly right. So there's a twofold part to Advent. Right, we're focused on Christmas, the coming of Christmas, like the coming of the Christ, but we're also focused on the coming again. Of Christ. Of Christ. Right. right? And, and and that's important because, well, first of all, look at the word Advent mm-hmm. and where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Right? Ad, Advent comes from the Latin ad or ad veniri. Right? You know, veni, veni, Emmanuel. Come, O come, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and so we see um, ven, veniri means comes. Advent or ad, ad means to. So it's to come to. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what Advent means to come to, right. right? So Jesus comes to us in the incarnation, right? But he also comes to us in the second coming, right? And I and I and I will say that you know trumpets sounded when he arrived, the heavenly host sung and welcomed him into the human scene, into into time, mm-hmm. and then at the end of time, those same trumpets will will blow again. Yep. Right, and it'll be an opportunity for us to then to take stock again and realize, well, what have we done? What have we done with our with with our lives? And so that's what Advent's all about, and and really understanding that concept of being prepared. And so, how do we prepare, as you said, Doug, for the second coming? That's very important. You know, what are we going to do? How do we how do we how do we fix things that we've broken? How do we how do we prepare for that situation? As Baden Powell would say with the scouts how do we prepare for that situation now I will say uh, 
there are lots of ways we we prepare, and we're going to talk about those. And always, like, right at the point where we want to just, like, let's dive in. How do we do that, Tom? Sure. Well, what do we always do? We always take a break. Always. Got to leave them hanging, man. <laughs> Keep them on the edge of their well, We their want seats. them to tune back in. Exactly. We want them to tune back in. So we're going to do that. Before we uh, take that break, though, I want to remind folks at home, we have a great website, www.thecatholiccafe. Also, I'd love... For you to email me, send me an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so with that, I want you to come back, right? <laughs> Your second coming to this show, right, right after this. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. St. Thomas Aquinas was born in 1226 A.D., in the region of Aquino in Italy. At the tender age of five, his family placed him under the care of the Benedictine monks of Mont Cassino. As he grew, it became quite clear to his teachers that St. Thomas was not the average boy. He excelled not only in learning, but also in virtuous living. When it came time for St. Thomas to choose his direction in life, he announced that he would disavow himself of worldly things and become a Dominican. This did not make his family happy, as they had other plans. Still, at the age of 17, he joined the Dominican Order in Naples. This upset his family to such a degree that they even resorted to sending a woman of ill repute to try and tempt him out of the order. St. Thomas prayed for perfect chastity, and God granted him that he not fall into temptation. For this act of perseverance, St. Thomas is known today as the Angelic Doctor. As a Dominican, he continued his studies at Cologne. It was there that he became known by his nickname, the Dumb Ox. You see, St. Thomas was very quiet and a very large man. But it was soon to be realized that this Dumb Ox was not dumb at all. Quite the contrary. St. Thomas Aquinas was actually quite brilliant. His grasp of spiritual matters, philosophy, the sciences and natural law set him apart from the rest. In fact, While still 22 years of age, he was appointed to teach there in Cologne. Not solely a great thinker, St. Thomas was also a spiritual giant. He answered God's call to become a Dominican priest. He was known to be a wonderful, faith-filled priest whose preaching bore much fruit in his lifetime. Throughout his life, he was offered many high positions of great dignity in the church, but he always politely refused them. He chose instead to pour himself into his priesthood, into his studies, and indeed, into his great contemplation of life's meaning and purpose. Perhaps his greatest gift to the church was his Summa Theologica. Though never completed, his Summa has proven to be one of the single most important and influential treatises concerning the Catholic faith. It is studied, referenced, and heralded to this day. St. Thomas Aquinas was one of the greatest and most influential theologians of all time. His feast day is celebrated by the Universal Church on January 28th. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. 
And we're back. Did you have one of those deja vu moments where you just felt like, like deja you've vu done all this over before? Again. We were just here. Yeah, exactly. So I'm glad everyone's wow. back. I, you know, thanks for coming back. Um, Adventus, you. right? Thanks for the adveniri. Uh, to come to this show. Well played. Exactly. So here we are, and we're talking about being prepared, and we're wondering, like, well, how do we be prepared? What do we, how do we figure that in our own lives when we're talking about preparing for the second coming? Right. Right. Well, the way I like to look at things like this is, think about in in life when when you know you're going to have a visitor, and someone's coming over to your house yes. for dinner, maybe right? For dinner, whatever you you know you, you know. So what do you do? What is the first thing that you do? Come on, be honest. You better be thinking about cleaning the house. That's right. You got to clean it up. Right. You got to clean the house. Bathrooms, the, whole, the whole deal kitchen, is exactly. Make your bed. No spots on the wine glasses. That's you exactly know. right. And right. you have to convince the people that show up that that's the way it always is. Sure. And you always act like, well, of course we always. Well, have. Well, it isn't ours, not yeah. yours. Yeah, we always have that. Though, those perfect towels hanging there. Right. In oh, the absolutely. Bathroom. Look just like that. And they're all clean. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so we, we want people to be convinced. But you've you've got to you've got to clean the house. But you know, also when they come over, you know, you want to have something. You want to welcome them in a way. And so a lot of times it's like either like a little gift or something. But sometimes like people will, will chill the wine, right, in preparation for the you for the guest to come over. Something because some you're going you're going to offer them snacks, something as soon appetizers. as they walk in. Yeah, something like I know it's, it's a long and weary drive right. from the other side of town. Right. <laughs> have a have a glass of wine. Right. Sit back and and sort of chill out. Exactly. Right. So you you make those kind of preparations, but also you're going to have them there for a meal, right? So that so you've got to obviously set the table. Yep. You know, and even before that, you've cooked the food, and even before that, you've Bought gone the food. to the store, and even before that, you made a list. I mean, yeah. you were preparing for this for this guest, and then. You wait, right? Isn't that great? Like when you, you know, folks are coming over, and you look around your house, and you're like, you look at your watch and go, "Wow, we're, we're 30 minutes early getting ready." That is a great time. Yeah, you sit there for 30 minutes. You get to actually re- reap the benefit of a beautiful, clean house with chill wine. <laughs> yeah. It's quiet. Exactly. I love those moments because oh, there's so few. <laughs> but, but really, what you're doing right there is you're watching and you're waiting for the arrival of your guest. That's right. Well, so if we look at those. Things in our life and realize, well, that's exactly what we're doing. Not only we're doing that for for Jesus, we we do that, you know, even like at, at Christmas time, you know, as we're preparing. So in Advent, as we prepare for Christmas, what do we do? We're you know we're putting up the lights, yep. we're buying the gifts, we're we're preparing the food for the big meals, and then we're just sitting there on pins and needles, just waiting that's anxiously right. for Christmas Eve. That's right. Right. Well, as we're thinking about the baby Jesus coming into the world and just what Christmas means to me and all these things, we're watching the movies. And these are all great things to do. And this is how we prepare for this. But, you know, preparing for, you know, Jesus coming again, the second coming, the judgment, a bigger deal. Yeah, that's an ongoing preparation. Yeah, it's a journey, isn't it? It's something we got to continue to do. And, and so in the same way. Let's stop and look at some of those things we're doing in terms of, like, preparing. So we're preparing for the visitor, right? You clean house. Well, so think about yourself as a temple. Yourself as a, your body is a temple. you you got a clean house. Clean your act up. That's it. Clean your act up. That's great. That's exactly right. And, and you know, one of the ways in which we, we do these things is we, we, we prepare um, ourselves. We, we, we involve ourselves in prayer. Right, we do those spiritual works of mercy, the prayer, the devotions. We go to mass, and, read, and this read is scripture. That's right, an ongoing thing that we will do our entire life. And we don't just do it once and we've done and we we pack it away. Imagine, 
wouldn't it be great if you if you could just clean the house one time it would never get dirty again right that oh, would be yeah, great that would be great yeah well it doesn't work that way right guys no. it's an it's an ongoing thing things get dirty that's, that's a exactly fact. that's exactly right so we, we we've got to constantly like sort of um, uh, so we've got to constantly put things out there and and, and make things work and and, and keep growing and, and and being nourished and so that spiritual the spiritual works of mercy that we would do the, all those things that we would do uh, as Catholics especially but really just involving ourselves in prayer and, and devotional practices like during Advent you know some people will actually do like we'll do these Advent uh, penance services or we'll do Advent just worship services we just did a Advent Vespers service last night and how beautiful it was mm-hmm. in a way of sort of coming together as a community and and praying together as a church. Mm-hmm. Right, praying for the coming of the Lord, and so those spiritual work of, works of mercy are important. But also, isn't it interesting that at, at this time of year, what, every time we go to the store, who's mm-hmm. out front of the store ringing their little bell? Salvation Army. Yeah. So there's that kind of thing. And why? Because this is the time of year when we also start thinking about those corporal works of mercy. We start thinking about, you know, feeding the the hungry, about mm-hmm. clothing the naked, about doing all visiting the people in prison, and about giving gifts to people who don't have any money. And, and so this is an opportunity to, to focus ourselves on doing those corporal bodily works of mercy. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and that helps us prepare. Now, do we only do it this time of year? So many people do. And that's why you have all the people doing all their fundraising and, and whatnot this time of year, because we ha- we are in that spirit of giving. Right. But really we should be doing this all year long. Oh, and yeah. really we should be doing this all our lives. Yep. In preparation for, for the end. The end. Yep. Right. That's why we're reading those readings in mass about the judgment. Yep. You know, we always in front of us. We've always got to realize that w- there's going to be a reckoning for everything we have done and everything we have not done. Yeah. So we should be doing that all the time. Right. But this is a good season. A good Advent's a great time to stop again, take stock, and focus. What am I doing mm-hmm. to help those who don't have? Mm-hmm. Help those who are in need. Right. And what am I doing in my own life and in my family's life in terms of prayer and, and that which is spiritual? Am I, am I building up the kingdom of God in my own family during this time of yeah, year? It's the beauty of a liturgical year. It's, it functions, you know, really like a heart, you know, constantly pumping blood, you know, through. It's not like it starts and it stops. It's yeah. always going. You know, Advent's the beginning of the year, but it's really just a continuation. Ongoing. It's Ongoing. a journey. And we're on a constant journey. Right. And really, we're in Advent all our entire lives when it comes to the second coming. Right. Right. Which for me would be great. We'd be Christmas music all all the time. That'd be awesome. Watch Christmas movies. But anticipating always the second coming, the, the coming of the Lord, the just judge to come at the end of time. Right, separate the sheep and the goats and all that kind of stuff. What we've been reading about, and and that's what we should be spending our lives doing in, in preparation of that. Now, going back to that idea of, of having a visitor mm-hmm. come over to your house, mm-hmm. you know, and cleaning the house. How do we specifically clean the house? And we talked about preparing the house, setting the table, and all that things with the with you know um, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Right, doing the things, and and, and that's one way of pre- preparing. That's great. But another way, in terms of cleaning the house, right? What do we see? Usually at Advent, most parishes will have extra confession times. Oh yeah, right? Because you know, you more people down. are thinking a right. scrub down is exactly right. Yeah, yeah. same way you clean a house, you got to get a scrub down. You on know, your soul. It, it's interesting. A lot of people don't realize just our responsibility as Catholics when we receive Eucharist. 
yep. that we're actually supposed to be prepared for that. Right. That's right. Right. You know, St. Paul warns us and says, don't receive unworthily without discerning the body. Right. You, you need to be in a state of readiness. Right. And it, if you just open up your, your missalette and you look and there's right on the front, usually on the inside front cover is a little thing that's written that basically tells us, you know, the guidelines for receiving Holy Communion. Right. And in there, it talks about being in a state of grace. Exactly. And if we're not in a state of grace, we should we should refrain. So That's if right. our house is not clean, don't invite the visitor over. Right. Oh, we don't want to do that because that's going to end up being it's a that's a mess. Yeah, and don't cheat if you you sweep that dirt under the rug. You know <laughs> someone's going to step on that sucker hard and then poof. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be all will be revealed, Doug. All, all will, will be, be revealed. revealed. Now that comes from your heart, Doug. I can tell. Obviously, there's been some problems with going to confession and, and and just ponying up and saying, "Look, Lord, I did this, and I am really sorry for this." Maybe at times we all have come in there, maybe just a little ashamed. Right. And it's hard to confess certain things, but you're right. Just re- reveal all, clean everything, every nook and cranny. Right. You know how many times we go in that refrigerator, and way in the back of the refrigerator is that sort of blackish greenish thing. Yeah. The mystery meat. Yeah, and Usually. or maybe it's inside one of those little Tupperware things. Right. And you're like, well, and, and have you ever held it up and, and you say to your spouse, do you know what this is? <laughs> do you Might this be a little is? fuzzy, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, those things have got to be, we've, we've got to get rid of those things. Right. And those are the things that, that cower, that, that hide within our hearts, that confession just takes care of it. Yeah. Right. Confession just just eliminates it. It's gone. It's beautiful. How it really, wonderful it is. It really does. Prepared. And when you get that few minutes when you're finished cleaning, oh, you know how you talk about this sitting there reflecting There's nothing it. nothing better. Yeah, you come out of confession, you get those few moments like, wow. wow. That is awesome. Yeah. That is absolutely awesome. And and so that's that we look forward to that. Now, speaking of that, when we, when we've done all these preparations, mm-hmm. the next thing to do then is to watch. Right. Right. Our, our scriptures right. this this time of year in Advent always tell us to watch, be aware. Mm-hmm. We don't know when you know, the thief comes at night. We don't know when, right? To be prepared, right? So back to the Boy Scouts, you know, we need to stop during this Advent season and realize that, you know, God loves us all the time, all the time, and and it's it's not enough just to be loved. He wants us to love Him back. Right. And it's good that He loves us, and it's great that He loves us, and He will always love us, and yet we have to be prepared to allow Him in. I love looking up at the tabernacle in my church and seeing this big, beautiful, shiny gold box and then realizing that I, too, can become or at times am a tabernacle and that I need to be prepared. Right. So during Mass, when we have uh, we repose the Blessed Sacrament after we've had communion, and we, we were, Jesus goes back into that tabernacle and that, mm-hmm. that, that beautiful, well, would, you know, when Jesus enters me, I become a tabernacle. That's right. Yeah. I need to be prepared and be ready. And to, share, and, and to share him in your prayer and in your corporal acts of mercy. Let's close in prayer. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the paths of your only begotten Son, that through his coming we may be found worthy to serve you with minds made pure. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in you to the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee.
Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. <laughs>